You are now listening to the Sanctuary Church Living Word Podcast. We hope that the message that you will hear will inspire your walk with Christ and that it will encourage you to draw closer to God. Now let's listen to today's episode on the Sanctuary Church Living Word Podcast. I want you to meet me at the first verse, Numbers chapter 13. Meet me at the first verse, and it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their father, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Meet me down at the 30th verse. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Everybody say bad report. report. Of the land which they had spied out. Saying the land though which flows, the land though we have gone as spies in the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. 33 says, then we saw the giants the descendants of Anak come from, which comes from giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. For a few moments this morning, I want to inspire you from this subject, the ministry of grasshoppers. The ministry of grasshoppers my brothers and my sisters it was just last week as I was sitting and I was trying to find something to watch on TV and I don't know about anybody else but you try to surf through all the streaming apps that you have because that's what's available to us now in this new digital world that we live in and you go from app to app trying to find something to watch and as you're searching through the catalog of what's available, you come upon a classic. And I don't know about anybody else, but a classic to me beat any new movie that don't have no good ratings. I'll take a classic like Back to America any day. But as I was watching or scrolling through TV, I was trying to find something to watch and I came upon this show that I used to watch as a kid. And as I was watching this show, the Lord began to speak to my spirit. As I'm watching this show, I'm watching this movie that I watched about a dozen times, and it came out in 2002, and it starred Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. And in this movie, which is based on a true story, Leonardo portrays a boy who is barely 21 years of age. And his name is Frank Abigail Jr. And Frank, he's a skilled forger who has passed as a doctor. He's passed as a lawyer. And he's passed as a pilot. 
and he's being tracked down by an FBI agent named Carl Hanratty, who was portrayed by Tom Hanks. But before Frank Jr. became the forger that he was, he was a son to Frank Sr. And Frank Sr. was a man at his time in his peak of great success. And in the eyes of Frank Jr., Frank Sr. could do no wrong. And when his career began to be at his peak, everyone around him began to give him accolades, began to give him awards. And as he was accepting an award, he began to say his acceptance speech. And it is in his acceptance speech that the Lord began to minister to me in his acceptance speech. And y'all know I'm a little off, so when you hear this acceptance speech, just follow me. We're going to go somewhere. But in his acceptance speech, this is how it went. He said, two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. Y'all know who my pastor is, right? And the first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, at this moment, I am that second mouse. And as I begin to hear those words, it began to minister unto me. Because if anybody knows anything about anybody, it is that there's two types of people that is in this world. And the two type of people that is in this world are those who won't and those who will. Those who won't try any effort and those who will try every effort. Those who won't say anything and those who will say something. Those who won't lift up their hands and give God praise and the other one who will will lift up their hands and give God praise. Those who won't uh, help you with every fiber of their being and those who will give you the shirt off of their backs. This world has two types of people, those who will and those who want. And this morning, my brothers and sisters, I won't be before you long. We got some activities after service. But I want to inspire you this morning by drawing your attention to this question. And the question I have for you is, are you threatened by your impossible? Or is your impossible threatened by you? Are you threatened by your impossible because if you are threatened by your impossible my brother and sister i hate to bust your bubble this morning but you are the categories of those who won't uh, but if your impossible is threatened by you i got some good news for you it's because you are in that category of people who will who will do everything they can to turn that impossible into a possibility so I ask a question again, my brothers and my sisters, are you that person who is threatened by, who lives in anxiety, who lives by the threats of your impossible? It is impossible for me to come out of whatever I'm in. It's impossible for my weekend, for, for my weekdays to be my strong days. It's impossible for my tears to dry up off my face. It's impossible for my impossible to be possible. Is there anybody in this house today? that can testify and say, I don't know about you, brother preacher, but I'm the one who, who threatens his impossible. 
And the reason why I threaten my impossible is because I have a power that's behind me that gives me strength to face my impossible. And so here we are, my brothers and my sisters. It's, it's no strange thought that we've come into this text today that the people of Israel who were who were threatened by a situation that seemed possible. And why did it seem possible? Because God told them in verse 2, I'm giving you a land. I don't know about anybody else, but if I hear the words, I'm giving you, that means that God has planned to carry through what he said he's going to give you. And I don't know about anybody else, but the Bible tells me that the God I serve is a man he shall not lie, nor he is the son of man that he shall repent. And if he say he's going to do something, that means it's going to be done. If God said it, then that settles it. And so God said, I'm going to give you a land, but first I need you to go and spy it out. I, I need you to go and take a look at what I'm getting ready to give you. Let me, let me pause here and speak to your spirit. Before God carries out a promise in your life, he'll always give you a glimpse of where he's taking you. He'll give you a glimpse of where he's trying to take you so that way it will be no strange place when you arrive. Well, God will give you a glimpse of where he's trying to take you so that way he's preparing you so when you get to that place, you will be mature enough to handle where God is trying to take you. When God has a vision for you, when God has a plan for you, he will give you a glimpse so that way you can say with, with God all things are possible. And so here we are, my brothers and my sisters, we got these two little mice. And I know you're trying to figure out, but brother, you say you're talking about grasshoppers. Why are you talking about mice? I'm going to get there in a second. But we got two little mice that's in a bucket of cream. And that first little mice was a person who represents the people in the category of won't. I don't see no way out of this, so I'll just let my sorrows have the best of me. I'll let my depression take the best of me. I'll let anxiety carry on in my life all the days. I'll let everything that can go wrong go wrong because there is no possibility. When I try to look for help, help is nowhere to be around. When I call people, people seem to hang up because they're tired of hearing my same sad story. They, they hang up the phone before I can even get out what the problem is because nine times out of ten the same problem you were faced with yesterday. You're calling me about today. I've already prayed for you about the first thing. I don't need to pray for you again about what you're going through. You just need to have faith and believe. And the reason why you are still struggling and what you're struggling is because you don't believe that God is able in your life. And if you believe that God was able in your life, you wouldn't have to blow up my phone morning, noon, and night to just to get a prayer through. You can get a prayer on your own behalf. Father, here I am. I stretch my, my hand to thee. No other help I know. I need you, God, to meet me in my right now. If you were able to get a prayer through for yourself, you wouldn't have to blow up the phones of the elders and the pastors that are before you. You can go to your secret place. And say, Father God, I stretch out. Here I am. I need you to come and see about me. But those people, they don't want to pray for themselves. They'd rather blow up their phones of other people and waste their time. And don't get me wrong. There are some people that we have to labor with. But there's also some people that can labor for themselves. You can go to God for yourself. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. So you can go to God for yourself. 
You don't always have to call on the people of the church. Call on the God that is the day that is the God of J Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. You you call on that God that woke you up that morning and that gave you the activities of your limbs. You you call that God who can give you the strength that you need to go through this impossible situation. And as we are looking at the second mouse, the second mouse is saying, I, I don't know about the first mouse. I don't want to give up and die. I, 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 I'll do the best I can to figure out what is my resolve. I'll do the best I can to figure out how can I get through this place called now. Because everybody is in a place called now. And what is your now? Your now is whatever it is. Your now could be good and your now could be bad. Your now could be ups. Your now could be down. Your now could be sunshine. Your now could be rain. Your now could be day. Your now could be night. Whatever it is in your now, that is your now. And while you find yourself in your now, you've got to have some faith to believe that your now would not be greater than your tomorrow. For faith is a substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. You're trying, to, you're trying to look for tomorrow, and tomorrow hasn't got here yet, but the question is, will you make it until tomorrow? Will you make it until tomorrow to have a testimony that I once was, but now I'm free? What was once holding me down is now under my feet. What was once above my head is now under my feet. You got to have some insurance to know that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he will give you power to get out of your now. And I don't know about anybody else, but as I begin to look through the text, I see that there's people in this world that are just like the Israelites. As they begin to figure out what God will have for them, they're trying to figure out, is it worth trusting God or is it worth just doing what I've been doing? You got to understand this, my brothers and sisters, that you cannot trust God and still go back to what you were doing before. If you say you trust God, that means you trust God with every fiber of your being. In the good times, you trust them. And when you, when you don't see a way out, you trust them. When you don't see how you're going to come through this, you trust them. You don't give up so quickly and so easy because your trust has been placed in God. And I'm, I'm so glad that God gave me this text this morning about these grasshoppers because it seems like the only people that were going to try to go up and take this land were some grasshoppers. The Bible says that even as they begin to talk, Caleb said, hold on, wait a minute. We can go up and take possession of this land. My brothers and sisters, let me ask you this question. If God made you a promise, gives you a glimpse of the promise, you dwell in your promise, you come back from your promise and say it's not promised. What kind of sense does that make? If, if God gives you a glimpse of your promise and you come back and say, we can't take this promise, who are you calling a liar? 
Are you calling God a liar? Or are you just too chicken to do what he asked you to do? I got to give it to you, plan. I can't come around and mess around today. It's just, it is what it is. Because a lot of times, my brother and sister, and this ain't no shout, feel good moment. But a lot of times, we talk ourselves out of our own promise. We talk ourselves out of our own, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes, sir. Destiny. We, we have the habit of talking too much. We got a habit of not knowing when it's time to talk and when it's time to pray. And don't get confused you're talking for praying. Because a lot of people can get their talking for praying confused. As you're talking to me, we're having a conversation. But when you pray to God, you're having a conversation with God. A lot of people sit here and they talk themselves out of their own promise. And if God says it is yours to take, that means, my brothers and sisters, God has equipped you to do what it is that you need to do to take possession of a promise that he made you. But a lot of people, just like that first mouse, decides that failure is my portion. Giving up is my portion. Impossible will be always my portion. But if you have the degree of the second mouse, the second mouse says, listen, even though where I am, this bucket of cream, it may be an impossibility that is designed to test me. It may be an impossibility that is designed to mess with me mentally. I don't know about anybody, but sometimes our situation can cause us mental trouble. Even though it's, it's, it's to cause me mental distress and it's, it's, it's to cause me to give up and give in, but I have an insurance. And the assurance that I have that is a possible, the assurance is defined as a positive declaration intended to give confidence or a promise. And the assurance that the mouse had and the assurance that we should have today is that there is no weapon that's formed against me that shall be able to prosper. I don't know who needs to hear this word today, but the only reason why your impossible has been made possible is because you are drawing from the well of promise. You are drawing from the well of promise, and the well of promise is to give you a freshness. It's to give you more strength. It's to, to pick you up. It's grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Your promise is unmerited favor. Your, your promise is where God is trying to take you, even though when you look at your life, you don't deserve where God is trying to take you, but God says, when I look at you, I see who I created when you was in your mother's womb. I, I don't see the man and the woman that you got yourself into. I see that man and that woman who I designed from the days of their mother's womb. And these are the people that I'm trying to bless. I want to bless the wheels, and I want to inspire the won't. The 12 spies are those made up of those two categories of people. 
And in Numbers chapter 13, we can see that as God begins to talk to Moses and they come back and say, hey, we can't take this city. Here it is. God gives you the ability to see and watch this, brother and sister. You can read this on your way home. You take evidence from the land back to the people. You spend 40 days in your promise and you can't take it? You spend 40 days spying out the city, spying out the land that God wants to give you, and you had enough time to pick up some fruit and bring it back as evidence and say the land sure does flow with milk and honey. And here's the fruit that's produced in the land. But we can't take possession of this because the people that inhabit the land are of great stature. How is it that you are bold enough to take a piece of fruit from the land, but you're too chicken enough to go possess the land? You'll take from the land, but don't want to dwell in the land. You'll eat what's in the land, but stay in the wilderness where you don't have food from the ground because the Bible said that they had manna from on high. Yeah, yeah. You would rather still eat bread <laughs> than eat fruits from the land? You would rather stay in the wilderness and not take possession. You spend 40 days in this land. And all you can tell me is that it does do what it say it do. It is what you say it is. But we can't take it because the people in there are of great stature. You got to help me with this because I don't understand. If I am bold enough to take from the land, you better be sure I'm bold enough to go and live in the land. And that's the problem with the church today. We are taking from God. We are patty kicking God. We're pipping God in today's church. But don't want to dwell in God. We're rather draw from God, but not deposit back into God. We're rather shout and have a good time then say, or oh, our face, God, we thank you for what you've done. You see, shout is good. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a professional praiser. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Right? But the dance and the shout is only temporary. It's only to move your emotions. Let me be honest with you. It's to move your emotions. It's emotion-driven, Arnett. But worship comes from a lifestyle. Worship comes from testimonies. Worship comes from a place where God dwells inside of you. And so if God dwells inside of you, you are drawing from the place of the source you have in you and saying, I thank you, God, for what you've done for me. See, the problem today is we come to church, we get a good shout, we get a good word, we go home, and we don't change. We come to church, get our emotions all riled up, and when we leave this place, we don't have no evidence. They ask you what the, what the pastor preached about today. I don't know. You said something about grasshoppers. <laughs> and two mice. But you forgot about the part where I said that you ought to be in a place 
that when you come before God and God shows you a promise, you are bold enough to say, if God can show me it, he's able to give it to me. Instead of drawing from God, why don't you give time back to God? You are in a land that flows with milk and honey. And maybe you don't read your Bible, but the land that's flowing with milk and honey is equivalent to heaven. Well, the streets are paved with gold, right? Right? Twelve gates to the city. Uh-huh. You see, their promised land is our promised land. But our promised land is in heaven. Their promised land was on earth. How is it that you are able to draw from the promised land? But when it's time to go into the promised land, well, you know what? I think I'm comfortable right here. No sweat off my back. I don't got to work too hard. God's still going to feed me. He's still going to clothe me. He was a pillar by cloud by day and fire by night. I don't got to too much go and fight these people. I could keep my life and stay in the wilderness. And that's the problem. You are too comfortable where you are. And don't want to go into a place of depth. Because the deeper you go in God, here's the truth. The deeper you go in God, the more the enemy comes and attacks you. Lord, help your boy up this hill. Because as you go deeper in God, you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. You become a threat to those who try to oppress you. And here's a problem that we have today. A lot of people are walking around being delivered but not being healed. There's a difference between deliverance and being healed. The children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. But they weren't healed from Egypt. If you read your Bible, the Bible tells you that at one point they say, why don't we just go back? We had a battle over there. Because they were only delivered from Egypt but had not been healed from Egypt. I told you this ain't no shout good message. This, this is the message to pierce your heart. My brothers and my sisters, you have to realize these two questions. Am I delivered or am I healed? Did God just bring me through? Or did he cause me to erase it from my mind? <laughs> Because here it is, I'm going back to the mice, mouse number one, his problem was, all his life, he'd been delivered. His mindset was on deliverance. I'm going to lay here, I'm going to struggle until you come and pick me up. I'm going to lay here, I'm going to put up a little fight. Because all that has been required of me in the past, Mike, is a little fight. I didn't have to fight much. 
Because when I came to church, my little fight was recognized by those that have the spirit of discernment. And they surround themselves around me and prayed me through. Getting prayed through is not a problem. But getting prayed through is not going to stop your demons from coming. Getting prayed through is not a problem. But your mind is not changed. And so therefore, as you stand here and we surround you and pray for you, when you leave this place and go back out those doors, the problem is awaiting. But those that's been delivered, those that have been healed, delivered, and set free, when you go out these doors and your problem are facing you, you now know how to address your problem. Even though your problems are not going to go away because the devil seeks whom he can devour. He comes as a warring lion. And he's looking for some weak people. He's looking for some spiritually weak people. Some immature spiritual people who don't know how to get a prayer through who don't know how to get on their face and say, Father, I need you right. I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. Here we are at a place that your deliverance and your healing are not the same. And the people of Israel were always delivered. Delivered from Egypt. Delivered from complaining. What we going to eat? Here's manna. What we going to drink? Here's a rock. Pam. How we going to fight these people? Aaron, hold up your brother's arm. Always delivered. Always being picked up. But never was healed. And here we are, my brothers and sisters. We come to the church house with our delivered self. We come into this place with our delivered self and want to draw from the man of God with your delivered self and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. You want to stop his sermon so you can get a prayer through because right now you need thee. But if you were healed, delivered, and set free, while you're sitting in your seat, you can pray to God for yourself. Because healed people know how to get to God for themselves. Healed people know how to pray to God and say, while I'm praying for me, I'm praying for him. While I'm praying for me, I'm praying for them. While I'm praying for me, I pray for everybody that's going through something. There's a difference between being healed and being delivered. And the children of Israel were always delivered. But only two came back fully healed. Because the Bible says that Caleb and Joshua went with the 12. But the two came back and said, hey, we can take this land. You said it? Let's go get it right now. 
but the ten. I don't know about this, God. Are you who are you gonna pick us up and put us in there? Are you gonna cause some fire to come and rain down on them giants? Are you gonna cause a war to break out? Can I hold up my brother's arm again? Because when I lifted his arms up, he prevailed. But we dropped his arms because we got tired. We start to fail. So God, I'll take the promise if you pick me up and take me in it. And that's the problem, Sharice. We want the promise, but not the fight. We want the promise, but not the process. We want the promise, but don't want to go and get it because I tell my kids all the time, when I buy you something, you don't treat it with any kind of respect. I done bought my kids iPads, cell phones, tablets, Xbox, TVs. They don't appreciate what I buy them because it has no value to them. But when you work for something, God shit. And you give it all that you got with every fiber of your being, with blood, sweat, and tears. You can appreciate it more because I fought for this. My healing, I fought for that. My freedom, I fought for that. Financial stability, I fought for that. Do you have a fight in you today? Do I got any fighters in the building today? Fight or flight? That's the problem with the children of Israel. They want a God to pick them up. No, let me, let me, let me backtrack. They want a God to kill the giants. And then picked them up and placed them in the promised land. Because all this time, God, you provided for us. Out of Egypt, what you do? You delivered us from Egypt. At the Red Sea, what you do? Bam. Split it open, dry land, go through. And people of God, we've gotten so spoiled. Ah, yadabasi. We've gotten so spoiled with going to God and expecting God to do everything for us. And when it don't happen, we got the nerve to catch an attitude with God. Didn't you promise me this? Didn't you promise me that? Why hasn't it happened yet? Because you haven't fought for it. You have not shifted your thinking. You have not shifted your thought process. You are still thinking that everything should be handed to you. But there are some people in the room on today that can say, listen, some things have been handed to me, but everything I almost got had to be fought for. And that's where we come from with these grasshoppers. Don't you underestimate a grasshopper. Because a grasshopper 
got some things going for him you don't even know about. Okay, call me a grasshopper if you want to. Talk about me if you want to. But I got enough spiritual maturity to know that I got something inside me that will prevail me anytime, any place, and any day. I got the mentality that I will fight for what I believe in. My mentality will not change because God has promised me something. And when he's promised you something, you got to go and fight for it. And so here we are, the ministry of grasshoppers. Grasshoppers should not be taken lightly. Grasshoppers should not be just another insect that you step on. Come on, be honest. You hear them creeping at night in your little corner. If you got a basement in your garage. But grasshoppers have something going for them that we don't even know about. The first thing grasshoppers can do, my brothers and sisters, grasshoppers have the ability to camouflage in any situation. What'd you say, Beck? They can camouflage. They can fit in. You wouldn't even see them if you weren't looking hard enough. See, a grasshopper has the ability to be in a situation, but not be in a situation. They might look like a situation, but they're waiting patiently for you to go by. Because once you go by, here they come. All right, I'm free. Grasshoppers have the ability to camouflage. There's a difference between camouflage and fitting in. Hear me, I did not say they fit in the crowd. They just in the crowd. Right now, y'all came and fly, you don't even know it. Because you are amongst the believers. You are amongst a crowd of people. You are camouflaged with a bunch of people. But there's only one you. How about this? Every father stand up. If you're a father, stand up. Now, check this out. This is camouflage, right? All these are fathers. Now, all the fathers, please sit down. Watch this. I'm about to show you something. But Brother Jackie Singer, stand up. There's only one Jackie Singer. He's a father, but he's Jackie Singer. What you saying, Beck? I'm saying that he's in the crowd, but he ain't of the crowd. He camouflaged in with everybody else, Cherise, but when you call his name, here he come. There's only one Jackie. Just like the grasshoppers. I'm a camouflage in, but when my predators are gone, when I, when I feel safe again, I'm going to come back out. I'm going to detach myself from what I was around. The other things that the grasshopper can do is they got the ability to use their hind legs. And when a predator come around, they look up and without a second of a thought, they jump about 20 times high the length of a human body. 
What you saying, Beck? I'm saying that a grasshopper, when he senses danger and can't camouflage in, or how about this, when camouflage ain't working, I'm going to look up to the hills. For where comes my help, all of my help, it comes from, I'm going to jump as high as I can and get out of this situation. I'm going to accelerate as high as I can and I'm going to take flight because the other thing they can do, my brothers and sisters, is grasshoppers can fly. What they need is a good jump start. And here it is, as they sense danger and they begin to jump, their wings come out. And next thing you know, they're flighting through a situation that can cause potential harm. The other thing that a grasshopper can do and be getting ready to go home is that grasshoppers have the ability. And when I read this, I was just like, oh, God, help me. But they got this foul black substance that they spit from their mouth. It's, a, it's unpleasant. It's, it's, it's poisonous, to be honest with you. And watch this, my brothers and sisters, when, 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 when camouflage don't fit in, when you can no longer stay in the crowd, when you can no longer fit yourself in the crowd, and you can't even fight, you can't fly, you can't jump, you can't fight, here's what you do. Do like the grasshopper do. Spit some stuff out your mouth. Open up your mouth and begin to speak the word of God over your situation. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Use your mouth. No weapon formed against me shall, shall prosper. Open up. Use your mouth and spit out some substance. Because nine times out of ten, your predator, your adversary, your devourer, once you start speaking the word of God, going to back up. Because they understand the authority of the word of God. The problem with the church today is we understand authority, but we don't use the authority given to us. Everybody has authority to speak a word over their life. But do you speak words of life over your life, or do you speak a curse over your life? Do you speak life, or do you speak death? When a grasshopper has the ability to spit out of their mouth, it makes their predator drop them and leave them alone. So don't get it twisted, brothers and sisters. In this promised land that we are to possess, there's going to be some predators that's going to come around. There's going to be some people that's going to come around and try to devour your sanity. Mother, they're going to try to make it sound like you crazy. Because as you're talking and saying what God has showed you, they don't believe it. It ain't their job to believe. But because they don't see it, oh, you just talking. Oh, God ain't said that. They'll make you question God. And once you question God, it's almost as if you've deleted the promise from your life. But use your substance. Use your hind legs. Get out of that jam. Use the words from your mouth and say, if God said it, 
that settles it. And put on the full armor of God. What is the full armor of God? Ephesians 6, 10 through 19 says, it's Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and have done all you can to stand. Stand therefore, having grid your wrist, your waist with truth, having put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, having the, 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 the rod of your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints and for me, that the utterance may be given to me that I will open up my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Stand to your feet. I had warned you that this was no hooping and hollering message. We got to change our way of thinking. We've been talking about building healthy relationships, right? And if I'm wrong, my pastor will correct me. I know that. But building healthy relationships, why are you building healthy relationships with others? You got to build one with yourself too. And how do you build a healthy, I spun my dogs, my God. How do you build a healthy relationship with yourself? Is you change the way you think. You change your thought process. They say, yeah, we look like grasshoppers. And even though they say we look like grasshoppers, guess what? This grasshopper believed what God said to do. So I'll be a grasshopper because I know what God has told me. I know where God has taken me from. I know God for myself. And my brothers and my sisters, I want to appeal to you today that as you begin to make this decision, internal decision, that you shift your way of thinking. And if you don't have God in your life, Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary Church Podcast. We pray that the message you just heard inspired your continued walk with Christ. To learn more about our ministry and our worship opportunities, visit us at www.tscindy.org or download our church app in your Apple or Google Play Store. Again, thank you for listening.